Women Up Radio, designed to facilitate women's empowerment, improve your career, develop your talents, incorporate your passions, achieve fulfillment and success. Hello, this is Women Up Radio, supporting Empower Women. And today we're talking about older women entrepreneurs and mind-body techniques to support our wellness. I'm joined in the studio by my co-host, Kerry Wielden, and by our guest, Pat Duckworth, an award-winning author, therapist, and international speaker. Welcome to the programme. Hi, it's lovely to be with you. Well, thank you very much. Hi, Pat. hello. Appreciate it. Hello, Kerry. I'm great that you could join Hi. Us. So, Pat, can I start by asking you to tell me about your business? I know as a therapist, you specialize in cognitive hypnotherapy and NLP. Can you tell us a bit more about these types of therapy and how they help us? Certainly. Um, cognitive hypnotherapy is taught by the internationally renowned therapist Trevor Sylvester uh, via the Quest Institute. And cognitive hypnotherapy brings together clinical hypnotherapy with neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, and uh, positive psychology. So, and I love the definition of NLP, that it's anything that works Yes. You know, so um, that gives us a lot of scope for bringing in a really amazing set of tools and techniques into the therapy to make it client centered. And it means that you're not just reading a script off to someone. It's really tailored to whatever their issues are and um, getting a really good outcome. It's very outcome focused. So I help my clients with a whole range of things. As you said, I specialize in menopause. Um, but, you know, even saying I specialize in menopause, that can be a whole host of symptoms such as loss of confidence, anxiety, poor sleep, as well as the hot flushes um, and, you know, weight gain. Uh, but I also help people with fears and phobias and, you know, a popular one with women, problems around public speaking. So there's a whole host of things that I can help my clients with. Oh, excellent. So what inspired you to follow this path and become a therapist? Because uh, previously you worked in the public sector, didn't you? Yeah, I worked for 32 years in the public sector from leaving school. Um, I think I must have been a bit old fashioned and risk averse. I went into the public sector, but I had my eye on a prize. You know, I, I ended up wanting to be a senior civil servant because they have a different contract to the other civil servants. And I thought I'd have made it when I got there. Yeah. And um, so I started out amazingly as a chartered surveyor. Oh, really? I know. And, and at the time that I became a charter surveyor, only 1% of membership were female. And their aspiration was to have 3%. So. Really? Oh, um, but it, anyway, I worked my way up through technical work into management and then into doing corporate work. And finally, I ended up as a senior civil servant. And then when I got there, I had one of those bosses from hell. And... I found myself, I was working in central London, fabulous offices, fabulous location, but I was walking to work crying. And then I realized I had to do something different. So that was my turning point. And I'd been interested in NLP for a lot of years. And I thought, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with this because I, you know, I'm too young to retire. And anyway, that wouldn't suit me, but I'm going to go off and 
and learn about NLP. And that's when I joined the Quest Institute and started the 10 month training. And then to early retirement, I was out the door and setting up. Very good. And how old were you when you decided to, to make that change, Pat? I mean, it's obviously you've just talked about what led to that decision. Do you think it's also a common sort of question of yourself that other mature women would also, um, I guess, confront for themselves? Yeah, I think it is, Kerry. You know, um, I was 55 then. I, I know. I, I heard you drop off your stalls. You were so shocked at that. But, um... <laughs> yeah, I've seen what you look like. That old. <laughs> so I was 55. And I think, you know, from... The research that I've done, the women I've spoken to, a lot reach their 50s and your body's changing, a lot's changing around you, the kids are growing up if you've had children, parents getting older, and it's a moment when you can look around and say, is this where I wanted to be and what is it that I want to do now? And I find from so many women that I've spoken to, they just sense a certain dissatisfaction and they want to do something more in their life while they've got time to do it so I think you know that midlife that 50s into 60s women are are making a lot of changes I agree because I mean obviously empowering women is what this whole radio program is about and empowering women entrepreneurs is always important but probably as I fit into this context, I believe that older women can really benefit a lot from this. And I know you do too. So can you tell us why do you think this is so important? Well, I, you know, a lot of women um, want to or need to work longer. Um, certainly, you know, with changes in, in pension schemes, um, A lot of women have found themselves with a bit of a shortfall in their financial pot and uh, they're looking around as well as wanting to do something different, perhaps they need to. And it might be that, you know, they're also concerned about what they could do at this stage of life. And I'm all about inspiring women to make those changes because we know there's plenty of research to back it up that people who stay engaged, who stay working at something they enjoy for longer, stay healthier longer, mentally and physically, they stay healthier. So this isn't like, you know, when I was growing up, people couldn't wait to retire because they were doing hard physical work. And, you know, their whole goal was to get to 60 and pack it in. But these days, there's so many opportunities out there. And I just want to see women kind of grabbing them and, uh, and making a lot of fun out of this stage in their life. I'm having a great time. I want others to have a great time as well. Yeah, that's very like you, Kerry, isn't it? Because you set yeah. up Fab After 50 being for the mm-hmm. same club, very similar reasons. You were very into um, 50 is the, the, the start of a new life for older women. It is. But also, I'd always said, even when I was in my 30s, probably because although I was very good at what I did, I didn't particularly enjoy, <laughs> enjoy it. But I, probably, I probably was one of the best in the field that I was in. So it wasn't that easy to walk away from. But everybody that knows me, I always said that when I was 50, I was going to do something different. Although I had no idea what that something was going to be. And for me, it was sort of like a light bulb moment when I was actually on a flight reading a magazine. 
and there was this agony aunt, the fight was delayed with this agony aunt letter. And this woman was so depressed that she felt her life was over at 50. Mm. And the agony aunt just said, well, you have to accept it. And I thought, oh, my goodness, no, you don't. Yeah. And, and that's actually what, what prompted me to look to see what was out there. And so they, they recommended some websites, um, which I won't mention by name. And I looked at them when I landed. And I thought, goodness me, this is really, really quite depressing. And so when I set up Bab After Fitted, there wasn't anything positive or constructive out there. So I just wanted to sort of, you know, look at things slightly differently and show women, yes, there was a way forward and life didn't end at 50. And there are so many opportunities to start things after the age of 50. Yeah. And let's challenge these perceptions that 50 is not old. And that, as you said, Pat, I mean, people are having to work so much longer or choose whether they choose to or whether they have to. We shouldn't be risked not. And I often say in the pieces that I write, because my background's headhunting, I often say, no, really, at 50, we're just, just about mid-career. Yes. Yeah. Because you know, if you've taken time out for university, you could have you know, another sort of 20 working years ahead of you or more. Yes. You shouldn't be written off and, be, and think you have to slow down at the age of 50. No, and people say to me, oh, Pat, when are you going to slow down? And I say to them, I'm not slowing down, I'm getting faster. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. actually getting faster and faster because I don't know how many years I've got, you know, yeah. and I, I just want to make the most of it. So please don't ask me to slow down. <laughs> no. I mean, but I mean, because you do focus on working with you know, mature women, and you said earlier those transitioning through the menopause, do you find that this particular group of women has particular challenges to cope with? I mean, if they're moving into entrepreneurship while managing the menopause at the same time, do they have a whole other set of issues that they have to deal with? Well, firstly, I'd come back to what you just said. And there's a whole lot of beliefs that women have around this age that they've got from, you know, um, society around them and from people that they know who say oh well it's too late now and you're too old now and you know it's it's about the young people and technology and you know so it's a whole load of negative beliefs that can be hanging around women at this phase that I just want to burst through and say they're only beliefs they're not true And I think that could be one of the first challenges to overcome is all of that negative stuff that's going around in your head. And just to start thinking, you know, if I want to do this, if I feel strongly enough about it, I can just do it. I can I can find plenty of other women who are doing this now and I'm not on my own. There's support out there. I can do it. So that's the first thing I'd say that is a challenge for women at this age. And the second one, you mentioned symptoms. And of course, for some women, um, there are a lot more challenges around what they're experiencing with menopause. So for a lot of women, um, if they're experiencing hot flushes, and not every woman does, you know, it's not a given. Again, I challenge the belief that you're going to get hot flushes. You you very well may not. Um, But if you do, and they're interrupting your sleep, you know, poor sleep can be uh, such a contributor to other health issues, but it can also affect your confidence, your mood. Um, It can affect generally your energy levels. Um, So there is something to sort out around sleep that can be really powerful. And if you're having hot flushes, again, what I would say is, if you're thinking that the only options you've got are hormone replacement therapy or nothing, 
that's not true. There's lots of other things that you can do. So again, it's that challenge around thinking about what you can do rather than what you've been told you can't do. And you certainly don't have to suffer in silence around anything that you're experiencing. So yeah, those two things deal with the health stuff, certainly things around sleep, uh, which would affect other emotional and physical symptoms that you get and challenge the beliefs that you've got in your head. Yeah, I totally agree about sleep because, well, one of my um, obsessions about fitness and success and everything is getting enough sleep I know myself because I actually went through a depression a few years ago and now I know if I don't sleep I can feel it affecting my mood really very quickly so I think that's a, um, absolutely essential for whatever age but particularly as you say with hot flushes and things like that when it starts interfering with your sleep pattern it can have a real knock-on effect for everything that you do. Yeah, definitely. Um, get some help with it. I do, I do a lot of talks, actually, to groups around sleep. And often when I'm doing the talks, people in the audience fall asleep and I think, job done. I was going to say, I'm not going to ask you that. I, wasn't, I thought you might think I was being a bit rude. No. <laughs> because they fall because... asleep at the most inappropriate times. <laughs> well, you know, I talk to a lot of women's institute groups and you've got varying ages there. And right at the beginning of this talk, I'll say, how many of you have problems with going to sleep, waking up during the night or waking up too early? And I can bet you that 95% of the hands will go up. Absolutely. There are very few people who don't have some problem with sleep. So as the talk goes on, I mean, as a hypnotherapist, um, I do start to flatten my voice out. And I see people in the front starting to nod. And sometimes I kind of make them do an activity to wake up. Other times I think, you know, if you're having a problem with sleep, and I'm sending you off to sleep. I am giving you such a gift. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to wake you up from it. <laughs> so added, that, that's like your added bonus then, right? So, I mean, <laughs> so, so if people are setting up um, a business, you know, in their 50s or a little bit later, I mean, what do you think of the pros and cons of becoming an entrepreneur you know, when we're a little bit older? Well, I think it gives you a new lease of life. Um, I mean, I was very happy with the work that I did in the civil service until, you know, right at the end. I had a lot of happy years. But what I'm doing now, I just get so much fun out of. And I, I can decide what it is I want to do. You know, I'm my own boss. So if I want to, you know, last week I went off to give um, talks in Spain to reflex therapists. And next week I'm off to India that's my choice. I enjoy doing that. But if I wanted to be seeing clients all the time, one-to-one in the UK, that's what I could be doing. So it gives you choice. It gives you that new lease of life, some interest. It gives you a lot of new connections, uh, which we know is so good for our, our mental health, our emotional resilience is building up new connections. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a chance to to learn some new skills and I always love learning new stuff but you know getting out there learning some things and using the connections that you've got and the knowledge that you've already got even you know I shouldn't even say that word even but you know women who say oh well I've been at home all this time what is it I'm going to do you know as a woman who stayed at home you've learned project management 
Yeah. You've learned negotiation skills. You've learned communication skills. Mm-hmm. You've learned so much. Yeah. And, and you've made connections over that time. You've probably learned some good taxiing skills as well if, uh, if you've got children. Um, but, you know, there's always skills that you've got that you can now start to use into your new business. I suppose the cons are um, some of those things that I've just said as pros. There are new things that you will need to learn. You know, you're going to have to spend a bit of time investing in yourself and learning some new things. And, you know, putting yourself out there a bit. And if you haven't been used to doing that, that can, you know, seem like a challenge. It's a good for you challenge, but, um, you know, it's something that you're going to have to take on board. That There's a bit of learning to do, a bit of connecting to do and, you know, getting out there and, uh, and strutting your stuff. Yeah. I mean, you've already mentioned quite a few things there that we need to think about and to take into account before we take the plunge of becoming an entrepreneur. Is there anything else that you think we need to really focus on? Yeah, what's the purpose of your business? Get really clear about why it is that you're starting it up. Now, for an entrepreneur, the business isn't all about the money. Mm. That sounds like a weird thing to say, but you go and look at some top entrepreneurs. Often they've, they've made fortunes and then lost it and then made another one and lost that because what they're interested in is the thing, the service, the product, the idea that they've had and taking it to market. So get clear about why it is you're doing it. If you're doing this because your pension pot's a bit low and you need the money, then think carefully about whether starting your own business is for you or whether you need to do something like um, a multi-level marketing, you know, where you're not taking as much risk, where the company is taking the risk and you're developing your skills, but it's not going to affect negatively on your finances. So think about the level of risk you're comfortable with. Think about the purpose of your business and really think about what you feel your life purpose is. What did you get put on this earth for? Because getting really clear about your purpose and your passion, that will take you through the days when you wake up and think, oh, I wish I was spending today in the deck chair. You know, and... I, you know, I'd be surprised if, if one of you doesn't go, yeah, there are days when I think that. Yeah. Um, I have mornings like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you need that really strong motivation that comes from your purpose and your passion. So you go, well, of course I'm getting up today because I've got to get this message out there or I really need to do this. You know, there's yeah. something important about it. So yeah. getting clear on your purpose, oh, it's just so important. Yeah, I I agree. And and bringing your passions into what you do just makes everything so much more energizing. Mm. Um, And it creates so much more flow. But so with all of that, do you think we need a particular mindset to be entrepreneurs and even more so as we get older? Yes, I think um, I've just talked about risk and there has to be for entrepreneurs a certain tolerance of risk because you're going to have to invest in things and you might not always see that money back or you're going to have to invest your time in things or even 
you know, in, invest time in relationships, um, building up connections that might not always pay off. So risk isn't always just about money. It's about your ideas and, you know, where you're going with your ideas and who you share them with. My particular model of the mindset we need is around neurological levels. That yeah. sounds more... <laughs> more complicated than it is it's about the fact that our brain functions in a hierarchy of level and if you think about it as a company you know some of the um uh, functions of the brain are down there with the cleaners in the company and some are up there with the chief executive and every stage in between And when you're developing your entrepreneurial role, you need to use all of your brain to be really strong and effective. You need to bring it all into action. So it's it's about aligning what we've just talked about, your purpose, your identity, your values, your beliefs, your capabilities, your behavior, your environment. It's about getting all of that into such strong alignment that when you talk about your business, you're totally authentic about it. And something occurred to me actually when Kerry was talking about changing from one role to another. And that's that level of identity. And I totally uh, agreed with what she was saying, that when I went from being a director in the civil service, and then the next week I was a trainee hypnotherapist, my identity was so strongly invested in being a director that when I was going around the supermarket on the Monday morning, picking out my sandwiches, I thought, oh my goodness, what have I done? (laughs) And so I needed that time to realign my identity now with my new purpose and beliefs and all the things I've just talked about. Otherwise, I'd be talking about my new business, but almost um, it was just disconsonant with me feeling like I was a director in the civil service looking down on my new role and I had to get that identity working strongly yeah did you find I mean I know that I because what I was doing previously I mean it wasn't intentional it's just the industry I was in I mean like you said you were which you know you were what one of one percent of um charter surveyors when you started out I mean I was working mostly with men and I had to change in what I in the new thing that I was doing completely the way I communicated even on my emails um, yeah. When I first started, I had the two things running in parallel, and I had to, in the end, use two different computers that I didn't get confused and put a kiss on the end of the emails because I'm doing all these PR people and ladies. They're very, you know, it's very casual, very warm communication with kisses. Well, when I'm dealing with people who are ex-generals from the army, they didn't really want me putting kisses on the end of my emails. I did it once by mistake. He said, Kerry, fortunately, you saw the funny side because I didn't think you liked me that much. (laughs) But, you know, I I really had to kind of separate the two because they were totally different. And even the clothes I wore to the different meetings were different. Yeah, I was going to say that. I I had to change my wardrobe. Even Mm. the typeface that you use in your emails. Yes. Yeah. You know, in the civil service, we were sort of Times New Roman. Um, and if we felt particularly cuddly, aerial. Um, <laughs> and, and suddenly you're having to think, well, Times New Roman doesn't look very good if I'm writing to a hypnotherapy client yeah. um, because it's got that kind of cold official look to it. So, yeah, see why that identity piece is really powerful and you really have to get it sorted out. 
Actually, that's mm. something with you speaking about that because I'm an LN, uh, NLP coach as well. Um, it might be an idea along with this interview to put on the website um, an exercise around logical levels to help women entrepreneurs so that they can go through that almost like for checking their purpose and how they want to proceed and if they feel at home for that. What do you think? It's it's the whole basis of my book, Hot Women Rock. Right, okay, I'll put the link to that then. <laughs> I actually go all the way up through the levels because I think it's so powerful with exercises at every level okay. to help you to get aligned. And, you know, there's no... You couldn't just do it in a page, but, um, you know, it's it's all there with all the exercises. And if you do it, you come out much clearer about where you're going with your business. Okay. In that case, I will do two things. I will buy your book and, do it, <laughs> and I will put a link to your book on the page. Right? <laughs> so, That's wonderful. Uh, thank you. Okay. Um, going on, I know... Think when I think of top women entrepreneurs, the people that spring to mind for me are Anita Roddick, who started the body shop when she was in her late 30s, um, Laura Ashley, and she also opened her first shop in her late 30s, and then Arianna Huffington, who launched HuffPost when she was in her 50s. So, to me, they're all getting on to be more mature. Do you think that they've got any particular character traits in common that help them do as well as they did? Because they're all really excellent successes. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing in all of them is that passion coming to life. Yeah. You know, Anita Roddick was so passionate about her products and how they were produced and where they came from and developing new products. And you know, even when she started to get sick. I mean, this was obviously still something that was very important to her. Laura Ashley was, um, because the other thing that I thought is, you know, they all saw a gap in the market as well. I mean, before Anita Roddick, what was there if you wanted something natural in the way of toiletries and cosmetics? Uh, With Laura Ashley, you've got that sort of very different clothing line. Ariana Huffington, such a different approach to getting articles and news out there. So, you know, it's the thing of entrepreneurs is spotting a gap in the market that needs to be filled and filling it. So their passion, the gap in the market and their determination, they all had to overcome things in order to get these businesses where they were. And do you think the sectors they chose were part of it or was it more the gap in the market? Um, I think you've got to know something about the market that you're heading into. And I think they all had that background knowledge that they teamed up with their passion and the gap in the market, you know, that they chose something they knew and developed it and then developed it with all of the determination and the passion. Mm. yeah I mean in terms of the women that you've worked with them perhaps I mean other you know that you've helped develop or seen develop their entrepreneurial skills um are there some examples that you can give us you know women who have been successful yeah I mean sometimes women get to a certain point in their business and it's still not taking off and they they know there's something missing 
Um, and sometimes that is that work around neurological levels to find out what's not quite in place, whether there's a, a belief that's not quite there or something that's just causing it to hiccup. And certainly, you know, one woman I worked with um, had retrained, was really ready to get going in her business, was very confident in a lot of areas, but she didn't have confidence around public speaking. And um, we did a couple of sessions around public speaking and just feeling comfortable about it, getting your message out there. And she was away and running, you know, because it was kind of the missing piece in how she could get her message out there. Even, you know, a lot of women, they know that they should network and build up connections, but they don't even like standing up to do their minute pitch. They feel embarrassed about that. And getting them to the stage where they can stand up comfortably and deliver their message is just so important because unless you can tell people what it is that you do and inspire them, why would they come to your business either for your product or your service? Yeah. So it's finding, you know, what the missing bit is in their business that you can help them with. You are listening to Anna Letitia Cook and Kerry Wielden at Women Up Radio. As you know, I'm very passionate about mind-body wellness as being really essential, uh, an indispensable key to true success. So in what way do you think this impacts on us and on our success? I totally agree with you, Anna. You know, this mind-body connection is so powerful and our thoughts affect our physical, our mental and our emotional well-being. And equally, something physical can affect our thoughts you know, it's not one-way traffic. And so the more that we work on getting the messages between our mind and our body going positively, the more we make that connection a, a powerful resource for us, the more successful we can be. If we're not working as a unit, not supporting ourselves, uh, it's very hard to keep going day after day doing what you want to do if you're either not feeling physically well or you're in low mood um, it, it just makes it so much harder yeah, yeah I know I think well I think it, it goes the whole way from literally what we put in our mouth to yeah. the amount of exercise and the type of exercise to peace of mind to knowing what you want to do and having your passions so I think wellness in its full form is it just makes such a big difference so what do you think are the the practical benefits of wellness to our daily life at home as well as in the workplace well when you're feeling well and I would kind of well in the mind and the body you know your body works more eff effectively and efficiently and so does your brain you know you can think clearer uh, as soon as we start to have strong negative emotions, we lose part of the functionality of our brain. Our brain goes into that fight, flight, freeze, and the, you know, the thinking part of the brain, the cortex, the prefrontal cortex, just shuts down so that we can cope. Mm. But coping isn't good enough, you know. If, if you're feeling well, you can work more efficiently, more effectively, 
and you can be happier that elusive thing happiness you know the the more well you feel generally the more happiness that you can have in your life because things just become easier they just become easier to do so if you're feeling stressed or anxious or worried or guilty you're shutting down parts of your brain and then you wonder why you can't think straight about anything. You know, oh, I just, my brain feels so muzzy. I can't feel, you know, I just can't think straight. And that's because it's, it's shut down to protect you. And if you're feeling like that, you really need some help so that you can get everything working properly again. Do you think, I mean, it's just, perhaps we can manage that quite well if we're sort of self-employed and have our own businesses, but do you think this is also taken into, into account by the powers that be in the workplace? You know, are there sort of more uh, corporate wellness businesses starting up and are HR directors now beginning to think about it as well? I think some of the more enlightened companies are, but of course we've got a lot of people working on zero-hour contracts and, yeah. and in worse contracts than um, I was certainly aware of when I first started out at work. And, you know, going back to the fact I specialise in menopause, I have had um, organisations invite me in to talk about menopause. And it's been so helpful to the managers as well as the women. Because the women... I had no idea that companies would do that. Yeah, I encourage it so much because it's one of those subjects that gets pushed to one side and people feel a little embarrassed about because it's about aging and it's, you know, I might talk about sexual parts and stuff like that. So I have to be careful talking about the squishy bits. But um, <laughs> but I found, you know, men and women coming along, the women have gone away with a much higher understanding of what's going on in their own bodies the men have got a better understanding of how they can support their staff. And if they're supporting their staff, um, a trade union um, report that came out a few years ago said, not unsurprisingly, that women who are supported at work through menopause have less time off, they have less symptoms, they work more efficiently. So engaging companies and HR managers in this is just so important. And of course, it's not just male managers. You have women managers who don't understand what's going on either and may not be entirely sympathetic. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is a gender issue amongst managers. I'm saying it's a general lack of information. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really excellent idea for those type of programs, those types of talks. Um, and other ones as well on mind-body health, because I don't think there's enough focus put on that particularly at work so what do you think what you're a, a specialist in this so what would you say we can do to improve our mind body health well Anna you already jumped in in front of me oh sorry because I was gonna <laughs> say I was gonna say that um start with the building blocks about eating well yeah drinking well making sure that you get regular exercise, connecting with nature. You know, I know you've got busy lives, but this is about getting out there in nature. We always feel better when we've been out for a walk and we've seen the grass and the trees and everything else. And, you know, it's not losing that connection. Um, Connecting with other people, not just over Facebook and Twitter. Physically, I know this is a bit, you know 
physically getting out there and seeing somebody, having a cup of tea with them, you know, having a chat. These things are all good for our our mind, body, health. And of course, that big one, showing gratitude. You know, there's so much for us to be grateful for. And we know that gratitude is good for our, our mind, body, health. So finding a way to be thankful for what you've got, I think is really important. And I can ask actually, are there any sort of, and in terms of the, perhaps the gratitude piece specifically, are there any special techniques that you could give us that you would particularly recommend for that? Well, uh, you know, there's the, the very simple one, but very powerful of having a journal on your bedside table. I say keep it there so that you haven't got an excuse not to write in it. And at the end of every day, writing three simple things in it that you're grateful for that day and it can be you know you saw a sunbeam which on an overcast day like today might be a good thing um somebody said thank you to you somebody smiled somebody gave you a hug you got to the front of the queue at the supermarket this can be really simple stuff and something that i now do every day when i wake up in the morning i just put my hands over my heart And I say, thank you for another day. And thank you. I can see the sunshine and, you know, there's a bird tweeting outside the window. So as I wake up in the morning, I'm being grateful for the new day. And I do the same thing before I go to sleep at night. So find that way of being thankful. If you can send little thank you cards and messages to people, you know, we, we tend not to put stuff in the post anymore, but just sending a little card to a friend to say thank you. How lovely is that? Yeah, it makes you feel so positive. So if, as you say, doing it at night, it means you go to sleep positive. So therefore, yes. you're going to sleep better. Absolutely. The, you know, if you're thinking about your gifts last thing before you go to sleep, you're releasing all those good hormones into yeah. your blood. You might be smiling and getting some serotonin going in there, a bit of dopamine. You know, you're just getting good stuff, some oxytocin and all these lovely hormones going into the system. You'll get a much better night's sleep. Lovely. So any last tips for us to take away? Is there anything that you consider an immediately effective strategy that our listeners can use to improve their options? I I would say, going back, find your passion. What is it that if you could do it would make you really happy? What is the thing that lights you up? That's the thing that you want to spend more time doing, especially in your second 50 years, you know? Um, Find the thing that really if somebody stopped you from doing it you'd feel really shortchanged and so that kind of gives you an indication of that's what I should be doing and if you can make a business out of that if you can find an angle on that that can become your entrepreneurial business fantastic you know if you're keen on photography well what could you do with that photography that you could take into a business Uh, if you're really keen on on food and nutrition I mean there's so many openings for that and really to think what training can I get that means that I can use this in a way that's going to serve other people that whole bit around service of other people is what is what will make your business successful thank you thank you very much Pat it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thank you I've really enjoyed it we could talk for hours I know (laughs) it's a shame we have to stop and thank you very much Kerry for co-hosting the program with me as well and for all your input well my pleasure as always Anna we'd like to thank our guest Pat Duckworth author who obviously I'm going to put a link to one of her books 
therapist and speaker for sharing her expertise on empowering older women entrepreneurs and mind-body techniques for wellness. I'm Anna Letitia Cook. And I'm Kerry Wilden. You've been listening to us at Women Up Radio. Thanks also to Meryl Guzel and Laura Martinez of UN Women's Empower Women for the wonderful work that they do to advance the case for women's equality today. And a big thank you to all of you, the listeners. I hope you've enjoyed hearing us. Do please send in any questions or feedback. Uh, You can find our social media and contact details through our website, which is womenupradio.com. Women Up Radio, designed to facilitate women's empowerment, improve your career, develop your talents, incorporate your passions, achieve fulfillment and success.